0: Okay, so we're looking at, uh, we're going to continue with the blessed man or the blessings of the man Things, Steve. In Psalm chapter 1. And there are a few things I want to point out and continue from, uh, from last week uh, for those who were uh, here. And we, we were looking at this uh, beginning part uh, with the, the blessed man who does not. Uh, you see this contrast uh, between what he does not do and what he does do, uh, what he does delight in. He delights in the law of the Lord. Uh, he delights in uh, the word of God, uh, in, his, uh, in his instruction, in his uh, teaching, which is reflective of a, a believer. Uh, someone who trusts in God, uh, someone uh, who has his Holy Spirit. Uh, you see that throughout the Psalms. Uh, David even uh, pleading to the Lord to not take his spirit from him, uh, who writes his law on, on his heart. Uh, and so uh, a believer. But to set up this, this contrast, it's the positive that's the most important. Uh, it's contrasting what he does not do. could have just said, Oh, the blessings of the man who delights in love. He could have just said what he does, that he delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, uh, but instead sets up this contrast uh, to draw more attention to the point and to contrast uh, the the wicked, uh, the unrighteous, uh, sinners and mockers with the one who is blessed, with a believer. And we'll come back to that at the end of the psalm today. Uh, but blessed is the man who walks not or has not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. And so we saw this progression along the way. And it's very interesting, these two ways. So, first, he's walking uh, or not walking uh, in, in the counsel of the guilty, counsel of the wicked. But then you get to the, nor nor has stood, nor stood in the way of sinners, in the path of sinners, and normally when the Bible uses like the imagery of a path, of a way, usually someone's walking there. They're walking along the way. And there are all these warnings in scripture about not deviating from the way, not deviating from the way of the Lord. Don't deviate from the way of of your father or your mother uh, who taught you God's ways, But uh, here, the path of sinners, he he has not stood in the path of sinners. And to stand and just stand in the path, they're not going anywhere. They're not going along the way. They're they're fixed in place. And not only are they not going along the way, they're not turning out of the way. Uh, there, There are all these calls to turn from your wicked ways, to turn from the evil ways, to turn from the path of the wicked, uh, to depart from it, and to get back on the path of righteousness, uh, to go on the, the path uh, that, that God teaches of the, the way of the Lord, the, the fear of the Lord. And so by just standing there, he's also not departing from it. Uh, and pretty soon you get to the, uh, the very last thing that uh, the, the blessed man has not done, uh, nor sat in the seat of mockers. And so if you walk in the counsel, the advice, the instruction of the wicked or guilty, pretty soon you might find yourself just standing in the path of sinners, of transgressors. And if you don't depart from that path, uh, if you don't uh, depart from that way and turn from it, then soon you can expect that you'll be sitting in the company, in the seat of mockers, uh, as one of them. Uh, you have this idea of corporate solidarity that they walk in the ways, uh, walking the way of one's fathers. Like that's that's a theme all the way back to uh, to Genesis. Is this
1: working, Bob? The oh, hold on. Thank you for. Not that this is. This is no, no, it will work or anything,
2: okay, no. but. <laughs> it <going> work? <laughs> yes. it's working. Can we erase can this?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had not report.
2: Testing. There we go. Uh, interestingly, the 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 salvation, the way to salvation is right there in Psalm
0: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It, do, it doesn't spell it all out. Right. I mean, they, they have the Torah, they meditate in day and night. Yeah. Uh, and so, that, you learn more about atonement and such, but it's, in summary, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, Very good, very good. And, and that sets up the, the Psalms. The Psalms are to be read in light of these first two chapters about uh, the, uh, the blessings of the righteous uh, and uh, the destruction, the judgment of the wicked. Uh, who will be destroyed uh, and uh, will no longer be one day present uh, in the judgment. Uh, they will not be able to uh, to stand, uh, nor uh, in the assembly, the congregation of the righteous. And so one day the wicked will no more be in the assembly. Uh, but as you go through the, the book of Psalms, uh, only the Lord's anointed, uh, his king, uh, and those peoples, those nations who take refuge in him uh, will be able to go up to the assembly of lo- the Lord, to go up to the mountain of the Lord, uh, to worship in his holy temple uh, and to dwell in his presence. Uh, and then the, the last five psalms, as we saw, were just a, a chorus of praise for the Lord. And it has all these themes of all, all creation, praise the Lord. Praise him with every instrument, all peoples, uh, and so it's, it's, the, the psalms are, are a collection. They're grouped for a reason the, w- the way that they are. And then I, I also want to look along, at some passages uh, along the way as we go along the way. So let's look at, as we come to the uh, the Torah. Now, this is something that I wanted to show you last week, and I, I kind of mixed up. I was like, wait, Psalm 52? Uh-huh. No, it's Psalm 51, Psalm 32. 32. I was like, 30s, 50s, uh, Got my wires crossed a little bit, but here again we see uh, the blessings. And so, lest you think uh, the the man who uh, oh, the blessings of the man who who meditates in God's law. Lest you think that that's uh, a legalistic thing, or he's trying to earn his salvation uh, before the before the Lord. Uh, As you read, uh, you see. No, God made provision for, for atonement and for the forgiveness of sins, uh, even though ultimately in the new covenant you have a once-for-all sacrifice. Uh, the day of atonement was year after year uh, in the old covenant, and so it looked forward. Uh, but uh, there's the forgiveness of sins and circumcision of the heart. And so Psalm 32, I'll just read through it. A blood, well, a of David... Uh, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in wh- whose spirit there is no deceit. And so Paul quotes this in Romans, uh, in the book of Romans uh, chapter, chapter 4, as part of his argument, uh, saying who is this blessed man that David speaks about Here. Blessed, just listen to that. Blessed is the one, he's defining it, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And that's the heading for like the entire psalm. That introduces the uh, the psalm uh, that follows. Now we hear him in his unrepentance, but it'll lead to repentance and instruction. Therefore, here's the takeaway. Let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. Uh, You are a hiding place for me. Uh, You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. So therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. He's talking about calling upon the Lord. Uh, Here, uh, uh, David was in his iniquity. And when he kept silent, he says, his bones wasted away. uh, Through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. In his sin, uh, but then calling out to the Lord, uh, confessing his sins before him, he then says, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you, and you forgave uh, the iniquity of my sin. So let everyone who is godly offer prayer. Uh, do likewise. Learn from David uh, in the psalm. And so the, the psalms, it's interesting. You have prayers to God, you have songs to God, praise to God, but it's also instruction. Uh, it's instruction for those who hear it, uh, those who read it, those who sing it, uh, even. Uh, in the in the temple, uh, in in his own day, I'll let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely, in the rush of great waters, uh, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me; you preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Uh, th- this is probably the the Lord speaking now. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, in the way. I will counsel you uh, with my eye upon you, a related language to someone, Uh, counsel and uh, the way. Uh, Be not not like a horse or a mule uh, without understanding, uh, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Uh, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Uh, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright of heart. And so who's the righteous one? Well, certainly the one who meditates uh, in in God's law, in his word, uh, who trusts in the Lord, Uh, but the one... uh, it's also interesting there, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, uh, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit uh, there is no deceit. But it's not, it's not the sinless man, but it's the forgiven man. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. Liz, can you
2: expound a little bit on that? Yeah, um.
3: yeah let's see
2: in a okay in the time where you may be found No, that's in verse six right in a time when you may be found you you really hit on that i think that could you camp out on that a little bit proverbs chapter one talks about that about how i've called you and you basically stiff arm me you know it's proverbs chapter one i called you i called you yeah yeah football analogy and and um I, I stretched out my arm to you and you would not hear me. You wouldn't listen to me. And so when your fear cometh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer you. When you're in your foxhole and you're scared, I'm not coming to you, is this analogy. And, and I kind of grew up with this understanding of, hey, you know, come to the Lord whenever you want. Oh. If you don't want to come to him now, forget about it. Don't worry about it. You can come to him whenever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I even heard somebody say that Hitler on his deathbed, he could have reached out to the Lord and the Lord would have had to forgive him at that point so it, I'm just asking you to expound on that a little bit about sure. at, a, at a time when he may be found as opposed to whenever I darn well feel like it
0: No, I, I think you make some good points there in the context of the psalm just go, go back again I know we have read through it sometimes repetition is the, the best instructor for the, the answer so he's saying that the one is blessed, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, blesses the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For, he explains, he's now explaining what he said and expounding this idea of the one who is blessed, that the Lord does not count iniquity against. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long, uh, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me and my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And so in the midst of his iniquity, in the midst of his sin uh, before the Lord uh, and uh, conviction uh, for, uh, for his sin, he then says, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I think we'll see this as we get to the conclusion and what follows, that in his sin, in his iniquity, uh, when he kept silent, that was the time to confess uh, in, in the midst of it. In the midst of, in the midst of his sin, uh, after he had uh, become guilty before the Lord, uh, that was the time Uh, Whenever someone sins or rebels against the Lord is the time to repent. Uh, Immediately, to turn uh, to to the Lord for forgiveness uh, and seek him. Uh, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you uh, at a time when you may be found. Uh, Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. Uh, You are a hiding place for me. Uh, You preserve me from trouble. You surround me uh, with the shouts of deliverance. And now he's elaborating again on being in the rush of great waters. A lot of times that imagery is used where they're being overwhelmed uh, by the flood of waters, uh, like drowning uh, and being taken away uh, by a rapid river or by the raging sea. Uh, And... He says that the Lord is a hiding place for him. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And so I think part of that is bound up with in the midst of trouble, uh, one's trouble, uh, in the midst of one's iniquity and sin, uh, in the uh, the rush of great waters, call upon the Lord, uh, unless, unless final judgment uh, has come unless the judgment has come, uh, which you see in the beginning of there will be one day uh, where the way of the wicked will be no more uh there will be one day uh, when the lord 's anointed will judge all the nations uh there will be one day in uh, at god 's holy temple where there will be no more sinners uh, on the earth, but only the righteous uh, will dwell there but now uh in your trouble, like the psalmist, in your sin, uh, to call out call out to the Lord while he may be found in. There may be allusions to the New Testament. I don't know if you're...
1: Well, I was just thinking about Romans 10 really answers that too. Mm-hmm. And it does so by citing the Old Testament. You know, who is it that's going to call on the Lord and be saved? And... Uh, uh, it's Romans 10:14. 14 how can they call on him they have not believed in how can they believe in him without hearing about him and how can they hear without a preacher but then it does say but the, this has gone out as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good tidings there's Isaiah and then, and then another Old Testament quotation their voice has gone out to all the earth their words to the inhabited world mm-hmm. and then uh, as far as Uh, Isaiah says I was found by those who weren't looking for me ironically Mm -hmm. and I revealed myself to those who were not asking for me but to Israel he says all day long I've spread out my hands to an obstinate and disobedient people so the call is to call out the call is to call out to God and ask and the universal call is sitting there and ironically nobody knew that better than Israel And often they didn't call to God. They they went to Baal or somebody else. Amen. And then we had the irony that some Gentiles actually did call on God. Mm -hmm. And so the the real answer is now is the day. Call out to God. Now
0: now is the day of salvation. Yeah, now
1: call right now.
2: The sinner is not going to confess his sin unless he knows that he's sinning. Unless he knows sin is sin. So, in order for that to happen, then, that would have to be th- through the grace of God to reveal the sin so he can confess. And that's basically why it's.
0: Amen. Amen. And then Psalm 51. We maybe won't. I want to look a little bit toward the end, but let's just start reading from the beginning. Uh, To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to to him after he had gone into uh, Bathsheba. And so here David had committed adultery and had uh, Uriah the Hittite, murdered uh, on the front lines of, uh, of battle and set, set him up to, be, uh, to, to die, uh, to perish perish in battle. And so David, a man after God's own heart, created uh, s- sin and committed this great uh, iniquity before, uh, before the Lord. Here's his con- confession to the Lord, uh, calling out, reflecting on, on uh, after this, and Nathan the prophet confronting him. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. He's not really saying he didn't sin against Uriah, but sometimes uh, the, uh, the biblical prophets and writers there's lesser and greater. Deny the lesser, affirm the greater. Ultimately, our sin is against the Lord. Ultimately, He's the one we've sinned against. Uh, when we sin against each other, uh, we've ultimately sinned against the Lord. Uh, he's the one who who's truly has the, the right, the prerogative to be uh, offended uh, for that sin. Uh, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth, in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. It's another theme in the Psalms. God teaching his wisdom. Uh Uh, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So it's all about what God does uh, to him. He's asking God uh, to renew him, God to cleanse him, God to, to restore in him, Don't, not to take away uh, his, his Holy Spirit. And uphold me with a willing spirit. Uh, he's completely and utterly dependent upon the Lord uh, and crying out upon, to him. Uh, but then hear this. Verse 13, David turns from his own sin. Learn, learn from me. He's putting his sin on display so that everyone in Israel, everyone who hears this can learn from him. Uh, or will, uh, he will do that. Uh, then I will tr- teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Uh, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, uh, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. Uh, you will not be pleased with a burnt offering. Uh, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Sounds kind of like the New Testament, doesn't it? Now, of course, it says, like in Leviticus, God smelt the pleasing aroma and uh, he is pleased. He says, you'll uh, be pleased by the, the aroma of their sacrifices. But God, what's more important is repentance uh, toward the Lord, uh, turning uh, toward the Lord. And so this is what David is teaching. This is what the book of Psalms is teaching uh, when you think about the righteous uh, and the uh, the unrighteous. Uh, it's not that there was one way, one path uh, before uh, Jesus came, uh, but it's always been uh, by God's grace. It's always been by his redemption. Uh, it's always been by the, the forgiveness of, of sins and him teaching his people to walk in his ways. So I will teach, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Uh, do good to Zion in your good pleasure, build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight, in, then you will delight in right sacrifices. With repentance. Uh, then you will delight in right sacrifices in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Let's go back to Psalm 1. So yes.
1: say in Psalm 1 to Adam that there's two categories and there's corporate solidarity. Mm -hmm, mm Are you saying that the Scripture makes it clear that you can go from one category to the
0: other? Yep, absolutely. On this side of judgment, uh, the final judgment, uh, but there's there's coming a day, there's coming a day uh, that if we do not repent, if we do not uh, turn to the Lord uh, and return to Him, uh, there's coming a day uh, when He will judge the ungodly and he will judge uh, sinners. Uh, we want to be those sinners who are uh, cleansed and, and forgiven uh, in, in the Lord. And so, uh, the bless- all the blessings of the man who walks not in the, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the law of Yahweh, and his law he meditates day and night, and uh, uh, scholar Bruce Waltke was just pointing out th- the name of the Lord, Yahweh, uh, that he revealed uh, to Moses, to the Israelites, and also saying uh, I I will be who I will be, or I am who I am. Uh, generally speaking about his, his presence, uh, uh, his being. He's the God who is there. Uh, he is the God who is present. Uh, and he has all these promises to Moses. Uh, I will be with you. I will be with your mouth. I will be with Aaron uh, and with, with his mouth. Uh, he has all these promises uh, along the way, uh, but he's the God who created all things. Uh, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was with them. He is with Moses, and he will be uh, with Moses, Aaron, with the people uh, to, uh, to come. And so when you think about his instruction, uh, the instruction he gave to, to Abraham, uh, but, then, uh, but then to Moses and the Israelites uh, teaching them, uh, it's, it's that God, uh, it's their, uh, their covenant God, uh, the God who redeemed them uh, out, of, out of Egypt, uh, the God who is present with them, um, we shall see, uh, the God who knows the ways of the righteous, uh, he knows them. The law is in the light of the Lord, and in his law he meditates uh, day and night. And we already looked at, hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And uh, it talks about speaking of his word. Uh, in your inactivity, activity, uh, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you sit in your house and walk by the way. And we'll come back to that a little bit uh, in the New Testament uh, at the, the end. And now the, the tree. Uh, Reba brought this up last week. Reba's not here, though. She's upstairs. I got back to, we got, we're getting back to, to her question. What's with this, this garden imagery? Uh, what's the, with this imagery of, of creation? Uh, he is like... Let me switch the slide... There we go. Sorry about that. So he is like a, a tree. And so we go from what he does not do, the blessings of the man, and then we go to his, his delight, where his delight is and what he does. Do he meditates on the word of God? He meditates in his law, his instruction. And then here's, here are the, the blessings, uh, giving an analogy, what he is like, uh, what this one is like, who meditates on the word of the Lord. And you'll be contrasted with sinners, uh, what they are like, uh, with the unrighteous. He is like a tree uh, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And so he's like a tree planted by streams of water. And when you think about Israel, especially if you're in the hill country, in Jerusalem and Judah, most of the year it doesn't rain. Uh, most of the year is dry. Uh, they, they have a concentrated uh, rainy season uh, that lasts just a few, four months, uh, but most of their rains come almost all at once uh, in, in the land. Uh, and they're d- dependent upon that uh, for uh, the year, for their grapes, uh, for their olive trees, uh, for everything in the land. Uh, and then uh, they only have the dew uh, the rest of the year. Uh, there are other places like up in the Galilee, and uh, by the Sea of Galilee in the north. Uh, they get more rain uh, throughout the year. But for a tree to be planted by streams of water, here you have living, flowing waters not just part of the year, uh, but it's it's always. uh, It's always being fed life-giving waters and nutrients, uh, planted by the tree. God often talks about planting his people Israel uh, like a tree. And so something that is firm, uh, that is fixed, uh, almost immovable, certainly compared to chaff, as we shall see uh, in a little bit. Uh, by contrast.
2: So is that tree referring to Israel then?
0: Well, here it's just referring, it's just comparing the uh, the man who is blessed, uh, the one who met a believer, uh, the one who meditates on the word of the Lord, who trusts in him uh, and walks in his ways. Um, and so it's just an analogy for, for a believer, but it's something that's common as we come to the righteous at the end certainly something that all of Israel would associate with and know very very well uh, from, uh, from their history. Uh, but let's just, I'll read quickly from Genesis chapter 1. You see all of these trees that God gives forth. Uh, and he does that on the third day. And after he brings forth the earth and uh, the waters together, uh, they call seas. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, uh, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. Uh, The er earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there is evening and there is morning uh, the third day. He gives the, the trees uh, to, the, to man and to the creatures to eat. Uh, one moment. And then in the garden, he plants the trees. He makes the man, and he plants the trees. And there's the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there uh, he put the man uh, whom he had formed... And out of the ground, uh, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight, everyone. Uh, Every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Uh, The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he gives them all to the man except the one. By uh, giving them everything he needed, uh, they needed. And so, as part of God's uh, abundant provision and grace, all the way back to, uh, to creation, you, you have this, uh, these, this imagery and ideas of trees. Uh, and, Steve, do you have a question? Uh, uh, Jeremiah
3: 17. Of You're an AV guy. I'm an AV guy. Jeremiah 17, I don't know if we, maybe we talked about this already. I wasn't here last week, but blessed is are those who trust in the Lord. It's the um, analogy of, of the tree and the blessed man and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank whose roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Uh, Jeremiah 17 uh, seven seven and eight.
0: That encapsulates it perfectly. That encapsulates it perfectly. Yeah. I mean that's that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And not not affected uh by the, the heat and subject to to the drought, uh, but one that is, is watered. And then Balaam's Oracle in Numbers uh twenty three. See it should be The third oracle, or 24, I believe. Yep, here it is. And so Balaam is unwittingly, he he tries to curse Israel, but he ends up blessing them. Uh, The Spirit of God ensures that. And here we see the imagery for for Israel, of being planted. Uh, The oracle of Balaam, the son of uh, Beor, Uh, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, Uh, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down uh, with his eyes uncovered. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, uh, your encampments, O Israel, like palm groves that stretch afar, uh, like gardens beside a river, like aloes uh, that the Lord has planted, uh, like cedar trees beside the waters. Uh, water shall flow from his buckets and his seed shall be in many waters. And so that's part, part, of, the, part of the blessing on just seeing Israel spread out along the plains of, of Moab, uh, along uh, the Jordan, uh, that they are like uh, trees uh, on, the, on the waters. Uh, and Isaiah even uses that imagery. Uh, Where he speaks about even this vineyard imagery. Uh, No more shall there be, uh, Isaiah 65, uh, verse 20. Uh, No more shall there be in it, uh, in Jerusalem, Uh, no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. Uh, For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. Uh, They shall build houses and and inhabit them. Uh, They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Uh, They shall not build and another inhabit. Uh, They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree uh, shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy uh, the work of their hands." And so a tree is often something that they're, uh, that they're compared to, uh, that's something that has longevity of life, uh, something that is firmly planted and not uprooted, uh, and especially when it's by streams of water that's constantly fed, life-giving waters along the way. And we shall see that in the psalm, uh, that the one who is blessed, like this tree, bears forth fruit, bears forth good, good fruit.
3: So uh, on, on the flip side of the coin of the blessed man in, in Jeremiah 17, is, is also talks about the cursed man. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land.
0: Wow. Yeah, you have both. Yeah, sal- salty land too.
3: Yeah. this yeah
0: Mormons. <laughs> well anyone who anyone who doesn't, anyone who doesn't uh, trust the in the Lord well, just,
3: but, that's, that's
0: a but salt, salt Lake City, are you saying? Salt Lake City? That's what you're in my head. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, but salt doesn't give life. In fact, they'd often salt s- sometimes if you really wanted to destroy your enemies, like the Romans did to Carthage. Uh, they salted it after they destroyed it so nothing would grow there uh, and they wouldn't rebuild the city. So in that case, salt is not life-giving. Uh, so, is, so that's just showing elsewhere uh, where you have the same metaphor, the same analogy used uh, for blessing, being firmly planted, life-giving waters. And so the the man who meditates on the Lord, uh, who delights in his word. He's firmly planted, firmly rooted. And what does, what does Proverbs say? Like right, right at the, the beginning of it. Proverbs. Uh, verse 7. The fear, of, the fear of the Lord, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, fools despise wisdom and instruction. To, to fear the Lord. And all of Proverbs is to be read in light of that. Uh, to, to revere the Lord. It's uh, bound up with, with loving uh, the Lord uh, as well. In fact, we'll, we'll, here's one more, one more tree analogy. And then we'll move on to the, the chaff uh, in the concluding verses. Since we're talking about wisdom in the beginning of Proverbs and the fear of the Lord... Uh, that's the beginning of knowledge. Uh, it's the fool who despises wisdom and instruction. So we're not to reject the Lord's teaching. Uh, blessed, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Uh, for uh, the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is like a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Uh, those who hold her fast are called blessed. That's
1: Proverbs 3.
0: Yep, Proverbs 3, verse 18. And God founded wis- uh The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. Now, be careful. All the pronouns for wisdom are feminine. It's not referring to Jesus. Now, Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Uh, that's true. Uh, the, you can take uh, valid application and like in Colossians and things like that, but uh, be careful because the Jehovah- Jehovah's Witnesses will come along with this passage. Well, doesn't it say that Jesus is wisdom and that uh, the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth, and by understanding, he established his knowledge. Like, they'll, they'll read in, they'll abuse, like, this verse. Uh, they'll abuse the passage. Feminine pronouns, are, it's, not, it's not Jesus. Be, be careful how you use the passage. Uh, in the New Testament, use, uh, authors use the Old Testament in many different ways uh, to, to make their points. Uh, Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom, but he's not the feminine, <laughs> literally, the... Feminine wisdom that's... I uh, hear the word is in the feminine. I think... Uh, ha, uh, yes?
4: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if this is part of the... Uh, you, the sequence that you wanted to follow, but what I wanted to ask about... This is a question, actually. This... Uh, in verse 3, where it says, And in whatever he does, he prospers. Mm-hmm. Now, at the beginning... In verse 2, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of these people who, you know, these prosperity gospel type people, you know. In other words... I, I don't think we should abuse the text. No, no. Uh, I think that if you do follow the law, if you meditate on God's law, you will tend to do well. You know, but the, I don't think that there's an absolute promise that we're going to get rid. Joel Osteen, I hope you're listening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so I don't. I don't know if you have a comment on that.
0: Well, I mean, what is blessing the Lord? It, it's really the rest of the Psalms that unpacks that. Uh, what what blessing is? Right. Uh, and certainly, there's there are temporal uh, blessings that th- to reject the way of wisdom, uh, to embrace unrighteousness. I mean, even in this life, you you see that it can and often does lead to self-destruction. Uh, in fact, very severely, um, it, it causes destruction, uh, sin, uh, working out causes destruction within families uh, and with individual lives. Uh, within peoples and nations. Uh, we see that on every every side of us. Uh, and so Scripture certainly speaks about those things, but it's being known by God, uh, knowing uh, the Lord, uh, to be included among his people, uh, to be included uh, in his coming kingdom, uh, to praise the Lord forever and ever. Uh, and there will be no more suffering. There will be no more uh, pain. Uh, but uh, we shall we shall know know the Lord, and that's all unpacked as you go uh, through the book of, of Psalms. And so it's not it's not as prosperity uh, preachers would use it. So that's a very very good point. Uh, and even as you go in Proverbs, it speaks about uh, the uh, believers even. Being like uh, uh, the one who's wise, oh. uh, being like a tree of life. Yeah. Chapter 11: uh, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. Uh, there's more unpacked there. But if the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? Uh, but it doesn't always. It doesn't always work like that because we live in an age of sin and iniquity.
1: Would you say that the lament Psalms would be a counter example to mm. the prosperity gospel because that's in there too <clears throat> many times the righteous do suffer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Psalms would be evidence- Just going into Psalm 3, like as we did last week Thank you. Uh, and then as I you continue as you continue a lot of times the, the, the blessings the and the hope is, is in the future. So now let's wrap this up because we're coming to the conclusion. Uh, he is like a tree. So, hopefully, when you hear this now, you get a little more of the, the imagery. Uh, he is like a, a tree planted by streams of water uh, that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Uh, in all that he does, he prospers. And again, you have this. Uh, what? Uh, what? It does what this tree does. It yields its fruit in its season. And uh, what, it do, what its leaves do not do, they do not wither. You, you have that sort of antithetical parallelism. But it's, it's making the same point. It's, it's a life-giving, fruit-bearing uh, tree. Um, and so they're not identical, leaves not withering and fruit-bearing but leaves that wither would be a tree that's dying or diseased or in drought. Uh, and all they does, he prospers. Not so the wicked, but like chaff that the wind drives away. Whew. You have all this space given to the righteous, the wicked, not so the wicked, but like chaff that the wind drives away. Gone. And I have some images. You have the, the grain on the top of the wheat. And here, uh, the wheat has been harvested into piles, all those golden piles you see. is wheat uh, piled up that's been harvested from the field. It's ready to be threshed. And again, you have people around the piles of wheat ready to be threshed, uh, to be broken down, to separate the uh, the kernels of grain uh, from the top. And here are some of the implements that they would use. Uh, A winnowing fork or shovel, a threshing sledge, or a a winnowing uh, kind of bowl or whatever. They, They had a hand one that they'd use too. And that sledge has bits of, a lot of times it'd have like flint underneath it, embedded into it. So as they drove the oxen around on the wheat, you see him on the, the sledge there? It would cut up and break up all of the wheat, all the stock. Uh, it would separate the kernels of grain that are in the, the top of it from all of these planty, leafy dry bits at the end of the harvest. Uh, on the floor, as they go around, they take the wheat from the piles and break it up, probably more with oxen or maybe a mule. And so they go around the, uh, the threshing floor to, to break it up. And then they would winnow it. Uh, they would take what remained, all the pieces that had broken up. Now you have the kernels of grain uh, and all of the, uh, the dry plant matter. And they would throw it up in the air, uh, not the very top of a hill, but high enough so the wind is blowing, and it would drive the chaff away. All that dry plant matter, they'd drive it away so that what remained were the kernels of grain uh, to be gathered up. And they'd throw it up and throw it up and throw it up and sift it. You see the whole community working around these piles to thresh uh, the threshing floor and then to winnow the grain uh, to separate it from uh, the, the dry chaff that blows away in the wind just like the wicked. Uh, and that's the imagery uh, that every Israelite would take for granted, not so the wicked, but like chaff that the wind drives away. Uh, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Now we're back to the sinners and the righteous separated in judgment. Uh, in the congregation, the assembly of the, the gathered assembly who worship and praise the Lord. You have the imagery at God's holy temple? Uh, They will be judged, they will be no more, and all that will be left is the righteous. Uh, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked uh, will perish. Uh, And if we were to, you look throughout uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus speaks about the two ways, uh, and then comes to the Great Commission, but his words are to be listened to. And so last of all, And Jesus came to his disciples and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so the Lord's word were words of authority, words of wisdom, uh, to, uh, to be bela- to believed, uh, to be uh, meditated on, uh, to be instructed by the Lord. You see that in the Sermon on the Mount. So let's just close, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you uh, for uh, your glorious word. Uh, thank you uh, for your provision uh, and just uh, uh, the hope uh, that everyone who has, who... Um, trust in you and that uh, knowing uh, that in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our iniquity, uh, that uh, now is the day of salvation. Uh, now is the time to, to repent. Uh, while, while you may be found in, in our distress, in our need, uh, with our enemies around us, in, in our sin, uh, that uh, you call us to turn from the paths and the ways of transgressors and the unrighteous, and to uh, return back to you, uh, to trust in you, to trust in your word, and to trust in uh, your your anointed one, uh, your Messiah, our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And I just pray that you'd be with Bob as he uh, teaches and proclaims your word, and that you'd give us all ears to hear and uh, eyes to see, uh, that we would be uh, taught by you and love you and uh, fear you, you as uh, as we should. Uh, by by your grace, uh, by your spirit. Amen.